Uh, welcome to Restoration Church. I think I, I know most of your faces, so uh, let me just say Happy New Year. Excited to, uh, you came here to worship with us today. Um, I'm, I came to a realization last night, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how many of you stayed up till midnight, or how many of you did like a New York New Year's, or how many of you did like a London New Year's, or, you know, I, I, I don't know what the first time would have been. Um, but I came to the realization, I, I realized I'm not as old as some of you. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that, I also, I'm not as young as some of you as well. And so, and so here's, 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 here, here's what happened last night. Uh, we celebrated New Year's. It's actually my wife and I's anniversary on New Year's Eve. So we, you know, we celebrate with all the kids and that's a wonderful time. And, and so we had our, our five kids. We had uh, my, my wife's family. She had t- two of her sisters and her parents and, and a bunch of kids. I think there were 17 kids and 10 adults. And we are celebrating New Year's. And, and, I, and I came to this realization. You know that you are young when you are allowed to stay up until midnight. And you know that you are old when you are forced to stay up till midnight. And uh, I would say that just about 10 of those adults that were with us last night were forced to stay up till midnight. How many of you would say you were forced to stay up last night? And how many of you say you were allowed to stay up last night? All right. That's, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. You know, as, as, as you're watching the whole TV thing happening, you're watching the ball drop. I mean, do you ever watch that ball drop in Times Square and think, like, that was my whole 2016. Like, just reminiscing of how many times I dropped the ball last year. And, um, come on, we're just having some fun. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. I worked on that a long time this week. All right. How many of you make resolutions? Anybody make resolutions? You make goals? You do any of that sort of thing? Um... Statistics show, research shows that 45% of Americans will make a resolution or a goal or, or, or some sort of thing this year. Um, they will do it consistently. There are 17% of Americans who do it infrequently or not very often. And 38% of Americans never make any goals or resolutions at the new year. And so I began to, to think, you know, as, as January comes in, as we celebrate the new year, oftentimes many people are inclined to make a, a change in their life, to reflect on what's happening and say, I'm going to make a change in my life for the better. I'm going to set a, a, a new goal. I'm going to see some things accomplished that I haven't accomplished in the past. And, and they decide, I'm going to do something different this year. Now, how many of you have ever made a resolution and never kept the resolution, didn't actually fulfill the resolution. And I think that's quite a few hands up. And there's, there's a little video. Go ahead and show that video, Dawson. No. <gasps> wow, where did you get this? That's not, that, wow. Which one of you guys did this? This was my journal in high school. 
Seriously, have you all been reading this? This is my childhood diary. These are my New Year's resolutions from last year. It's my uh, my resolution list from 1992. <laughs> I was a weird kid. Keep an eye on my thinning hair. <laughs> wow. First thing on the list, survive Y2K. Um, invite Gary to church. Nope, didn't happen. It's a little hard to invite a guy you had to fire. Stock up on water and tons of Twinkies. Boy, the struggle was real. Teach Susie to sit and stay and roll over. Susie's my little sister. Get a George Clooney Caesar haircut to impress the ladies. <laughs> Binge watch Lost. Did it. Found out who was in the hatch. Bit of a letdown. Love my mom more. Be kind to her and stop rolling my eyes. She was the first helicopter mom, probably, in the, in the 80s. Move out of my parents' house. I'm going to move it to this year's list. Work out. Get less pudgy. That's a big fat no. Pun. Pun intended. Hey, Mom. Hi, Mom. Oh, my God. I got you on speakerphone. Oh, so. oh my gosh. Hey. No, Martha, your cousin, hey. well, she is going to come here. Hey. Oh. Oklahoma for college. I'm so glad. Be as awesome as mommy as my mommy was to me. If only I would know how difficult that would be. She pretty much raised us by herself, so I don't think I I can be near as good as she was. Keep promise to grandma to watch Matlock each week, then call her to discuss it. She loved that show. I didn't. I didn't see one episode. I missed every episode. I miss her. Invite Steve to church. He went with me uh, that night. He said he wanted nothing to do with God. Three years later, I get this call. It's like midnight, one in the morning. He calls me and says, "Ed, Ed, Ed, you're never going to believe this, but I accepted Christ." It's pretty cool. Tell Dahlia how much I really love her. Be a better dad. Quit yelling. Still working on that one. Read the Bible more. I think I read the Bible more. Start taking my faith seriously. I have done this. It's scary, but I'm... Yeah. I'm doing this one. Get to know God better. I know one thing. He loves me. Jesus loves me. I'm living proof. Surrender my life to God. Fully. Spend more time with God. That's been on my resolution list for as long as I can remember. I've, I've been a believer for... 40 years 
and I always want to spend more time with him. It's one of the most important things, and it's always one of the hardest things to just get done, you know? Oh, love Jesus more. Te amo, Jesús. You know, whether you call it a resolution, sometimes a resolution maybe isn't my favorite word. Maybe you, you, you say maybe it's a goal. Maybe you set a goal. Or maybe, I think with whatever words you call it, I think the key is to make a decision. To make a, a decision that you are going to do something different. That you're going to fix an area of your life. You're going to do something different this year. Uh, the thing I think is, is important about us making decisions is small decisions ha- have an opportunity to leave a, a huge impact in our life. Uh, small decisions can become a, a, a major life-changing decision. In fact, life is, is full of these small decisions that have great impacts in our lives. In fact, I think, about, I think about my own life. When I was 18 years old, when I was 18 years old, now I had already accepted Christ, but I didn't quite understand what it meant to be a Christian. And so I was still living in a whole other religion. And at 18 years old, I finally made the decision, hey, I'm going to I'm going I'm to become a Christian and I'm going to follow Christ and I'm going to go to church and, and do things different. And I think about that, that decision. It seemed almost kind of simple at, the, at that time and how that decision has affected my life crazy ways in the past 16 years. It's affected how I raise my kids. It's affected how I, I love my wife. It's affected what I do as a career. It's affected who I am as my core identity was that small decision. I'm going to become a Christian that day. Think about about 10 years ago, my wife and I, we made a, a very small decision. We said, hey, we're going to begin to tithe uh, towards the church. And we were, we were young. We had all these kids and we didn't have much money, but we made that decision and it was a sacrifice. And this decision 10 years later, God has just continued to provide and bless and encourage from that. I made a decision when I was in high school. I don't know if you were like this in high school. In high school, I was smart enough that I didn't have to do my homework and I could get by. And that, and that was kind of, you know, I don't know if any of you, that's what you do. My kids are not allowed to do that. Just my boys don't think about that. But, but I was smart enough where I could just kind of sk- sk- skate by. And so finally, one year, one year in my math class, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something different. And I made a decision that I was going to do my homework every day. Okay, so I did my homework every day. And the crazy thing is, is uh, our teacher was named Mr. Benson and he graded on a curve. And so he would kind of look and say, well, where's the average? And he'd make that 100%. So if you scored above that, then you'd get, you know, above 100% on your, um, on your exam or whatever it was. And I remember I did my homework every day that year and I finished that class with 118%, like at the end of the term. It was an amazing year because I made a simple, small decision to do my homework. Let that be a lesson to you kids in this section right here. Uh, seven, eight, seven or eight years ago, I remember Sam and I, we started going through uh, Dave Ramsey. We started understanding, hey, what does Dave Ramsey talk about, about not being in debt? And so we made a decision that we were going to work to get out of debt, to no longer have uh, the loans and the other things over us, force us to live within our means, force us to operate according to a budget. And the crazy thing is, once we committed to that, like all of a sudden there's this tremendous amount of freedom freedom in, in, in how we spend our resources, freedom in what we do. 
because of a small decision that we made, that we're going to make this decision, and, and God just uses it to, to, to bless us tremendously. And sometimes we make a small decision that has a very negative impact on us as well. Like, like I, I don't know about you, but I, I found I like coffee. Okay? Now, I grew up Mormon, so I couldn't drink coffee growing up. So coffee was an acquired taste. And so when I have my coffee, I have to have it with the sugar and the cream and all the good stuff in it. You know, So it's a little bit of coffee with a lot of bit of good stuff. I wish I could do black, but that's just, uh, I haven't worked up there yet. And I remember somebody told me one day, they said, hey, Kevin, you need to try this. You know, you, you're, you're learning about coffee. You need to try a white chocolate mocha. Man, that's like heaven on earth. Like that right there is, is, is my spot, okay? The problem is every one of those white chocolate mochas has like 550 calories, all right? And so what happens when you drink white chocolate mochas for a period of a, of a couple years, pretty soon you get a little bit of bigger of a pant size and you begin to feel a little bit more pudgy and a little bit slower, a little bit more out of shape because I made that decision. I like this white chocolate mocha thing. Uh, I hate my life. I do. Small decisions, whether they're good or bad, they can have huge impacts in our life. And and I want us to understand this. Because I want you to think about this. In your life, what are some of those small decisions that you've made? Small decisions that you've made that have positively impacted your life today. And you can think back, and I want you to think back, what are some of those decisions? Maybe it's that time that you said yes to that friend who invited you to church. Invited you to church, you found out about Jesus, and your life has never been the same. Maybe, maybe for you, it was when you called that boy back. You called that girl back. And, and that, that bloomed into this blood budding romance. And then that led to marriage. And this is where you are now after years and years of, of holy matrimony. Maybe for you, maybe it was that time that you made a decision that you're going to stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself amidst the abuse, amidst the, the, uh, the disrespect happening around you. And you say, no, I'm going to stand up for who I am and, and be my own person. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it was the time this past week. It's been fun. We've been able to have uh, my nieces and nephews from Boise spending time with us. And it's been really cool to spend time with, with one of our, our nephews. Spent more time with him. Because uh, my, in, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they said yes to adoption. So my life has been positively impacted because they made that decision. And I've got to spend time with their kids uh, this week. Small decisions that have huge impacts in our life. And what about the flip side in your life? What are some of those decisions that you've made that have negative impacts in your life? Can you think about that decision? When you decided, I'm going to let my heart wander from my true love, allow my eyes to wander, and gentlemen, wander into pornography in places we shouldn't be. We can think about the, the small decisions that we made that we didn't think were that big of a deal. And they've, they've led us to a, a place that we didn't want to be. And we've had to experience hardship and suffering because we made that decision. So we, when we come to, to New Year's today, this is a great time for us to talk about making decisions, about making goals, about, about setting goals and, and, and making our resolutions. An opportunity for us to, to try and, and, and change our life for the better. 
And so I know, I know within Christianity, when we start talking about resolutions and goals, some of you would say, well, well, isn't this just self-help? Like, like Christianity isn't about self-help. Christianity isn't about trying to make myself a better person. And I would say, you're, I'm, I absolutely agree with you. Because we understand that the gospel is essential to life. We've got to come to understand our relationship with Jesus is not because we're a good person. It's because we're a bad person and what Jesus has done for us. We understand that clearly and we're not talking about anything different. We're not moralists here. Christianity is not about self-improvement. It's all about the gospel. But today, as we consider what it looks like for resolutions, and this is something that people do, that, that even as Christians do, we want to say, well, what does God's word have to say towards this? How would God deal with us making resolutions and setting goals and making decisions to improve our lives, to make our lives a little bit better? So if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, the apostle Paul uh, wrote the books of First uh, and Second Thessalonians. And the primary topic that, that Paul deals with in these books is dealing with the second coming of Christ. But here, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, we're going to see Paul's going to uh, talk directly to something that I think applies to us about resolutions. Like, should we as Christians, should we make resolutions? What kind of resolutions should we make? So if you have a Bible, we're in First Thessalonians chapter 1. And we're going to read verses uh, 11 and 12. And here's what Paul writes. He says, To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? God, I just uh, come before you now. And just ask for your time with us today. today. God, we're amongst friends. We're amongst family. And so, Lord, we just pray for your presence with us. As we think about this upcoming year and, God, what it is you might be calling out of us. That you might desire to see in us. God, I pray that you would speak to every one of us today. That you'd help us this year to see how we can grow to become more like you. And, God, how can we reflect you in our lives? So, God, I pray that you would be with us now and give us understanding as we approach your word, that you uh, open our eyes to what it is you have for us today, Jesus. We love you and praise you, and we ask this in your, mind, your name. Amen. So here's, here's how Paul starts out. He says, to this end, we always pray for you. And I think you've got to understand, as, as you're looking at this passage, what Paul is doing is he's, he's praying. He's asking God to do this. He's looking at the people of, the, uh, of Thessalonia, and he's looking at us, and he's praying for God to do something in us. This is what he says. He, he prays that our God may make you worthy of his calling. Remember, he's praying on our behalf that God would make us worthy of our calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. He prays, he prays that God would would. Fulfill every resolve for good and work of faith that you and I might have. This word that's translated resolve in, in, in the ESV is translated in the NIV as desire for goodness. In the original language, this word resolve gives this idea of a, of a desire or a choice. And so what Paul is saying is that when we decide, when we make a choice to do good, Paul is saying, hey, Hey, I'm praying that God would help you accomplish that. 
I'm praying that when you make a choice, a decision to do good in your life, to, to do an act of faith, I'm praying that God would help you accomplish that. So I think that kind of sets this idea that there is a type of resolution that we can make. There are resolutions and decisions and goals that we can make uh, that God would, would encourage us and, and bless us in. The question is, what type of, or, or how does God bless, what type of resolutions that God is, does God bless? So that's what we're going to look at today. What type of resolutions does God help us to accomplish? And the first one we're going to find is that God helps us to accomplish resolutions that make us worthy of God's calling. Because here's, here's what he said. He said, that our God make, may make you worthy of his calling. See, what, what Paul is doing is he's praying that, that God would make us worthy of his calling. And when we understand our calling, this means our, our general calling into a believer. Our general calling into Christianity. This is a calling that we have to become a, a son and daughter and a child of God. And this, is, this calling is not because we've earned it. This calling is not because we're such great people that God says, hey, look at that person. They're really cool. I want them on my team. No, this calling is because of the grace of God. That he calls us into a relationship with him. That we are chosen. That we are, are, are called. That we are first loved by God before we've done anything good in our life. He calls us into a relationship with him. In fact, this is what makes Christianity different than all other religions. All other religions say you have to be a good person for, in order for God to desire you. And so you have to clean yourself up to make yourself right before God so God would accept you. And this is what makes Christianity completely different. We are called in our mess. We are called in our brokenness. God looks and says, hey, I love you despite your brokenness. And he calls us into a relationship with him, uh, even in that brokenness. And here's what Paul is doing. He is praying that, that God's power, uh, he's praying for God's power with our resolutions that we would be worthy of that calling. That we'd be worthy of God calling us into a relationship with him. That we'd live worthy according to that call. And we see this word worthy. I want to make sure we understand this word worthy doesn't mean to be deserving or, or something that we, we earn like merit. This word uh, worthy means to be fitting. It means to be proper. It means to be appropriate. You might, you might picture it like this. Like, let's just say, uh, men, if you have a wife. Men, you've got a wife. Let's just say that you have some family coming to town. You've got a special guest coming. Your wife says this. She says, honey, we need to uh, fix up the spare bedroom. We need to get the spare bedroom appropriate for this guest to come and stay in the spare bedroom. And so, when, you know, when your wife says that, uh, you're going to start painting the walls. You get the walls all painted and make them look fresh. You get some new bedding on the, on the bed. You make the uh, bed look good. You, you shampoo the carpets and you get everything looking really good. And, and you get done remodeling the room and you call your wife over and she kind of stands back and looks at the room to see if the room is worthy. She notices, man, look at that ugly lampshade right there. That lampshade is all dingy. It's got a rip in it. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't fit the context of this room. We've done all this work in this room and this, this lampshade seems so out of place. It's like that sore thumb. It just doesn't belong. So you would say in a sense that that lampshade is unworthy of the room. It's unworthy of the guest. This is not saying that the room deserves the guest, but rather uh, the, the guest deserves the room. Because of who the guest is, you want them to have a nice place to stay. 
So your wife, she does what any wife would do. She takes the lampshade off. She runs to Target. She buys a new one. She comes back and puts it back on and finishes the room to make it appropriate for, for the guest. And this is what Paul is praying for us. That we would resolve to rid ourselves of any dirty, torn lampshades in our life. That if there's areas of our life that don't reflect uh, the, what God would deserve, that we would want to take those things off so that we would be uh, giving God something great and, and wonderful. And so there's this redecorating project that God wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. That we fix the areas that are unworthy, that are unfitting to be called a child of God. And so when we make these types of resolutions, when we say, hey, there's an area of my life that isn't where it should be, and I'm going to make a, a decision today. I'm going to make a goal. I'm going to make a resolution to fix this area of my life. And that's the type of resolution that God blesses. That's the type of resolution that God will help to accomplish to make us worthy of that call that he's given to each and every one of us. So Paul prays, and he prays for God's power, that we'd have that power to fulfill our resolves. So that, and here's what he says in verse 12, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the second type of, of resolve, of resolution, of goal, of decision that God blesses and helps to accomplish is a, is, a, is a decision or a resolution that brings glory to the name of God, to the name of Jesus, that glorifies the name of Jesus. See, for us to accomplish a resolution so that God's power is displayed to the world in us and through us, God is all about that. God, when we have these resolutions so that we say, I'm going to give glory to God in my life, man, God wants to see that accomplished. He wants to see that happen. In fact, this is the key difference in, in morality versus Christianity. See, we can make a resolution and just say, I'm going to be a better person. And it has no reflection of God. See, I don't think that's what God's looking for. God's looking for us to look at these areas of our life and say, man, I want to change this so I can give praise to God. So people can look at my life and they can say, man, God's done a work in their life. God's done a work in their heart. Man, look what God's done. I want a piece of that. I want to, I want to learn more about that God. I want, to, I, want to, I want to embrace that God. I've heard a pastor say, I think I heard John Piper. I think I read this this past week. He talked about this idea that there is a godless immorality. And we can understand immorality. We understand immorality and all this brokenness and sin. And, and typically that happens with, in godlessness. But there's also a godless morality. That we can choose to be good people and have no acknowledgement of God whatsoever. We can choose to, to work hard, to, to, to be generous, to be, to be nice people, and have no recognition of God in our life at all. And this is a person, uh, the goal is not that we become a good person. The goal is that we be a person who honors God, who acknowledges God's work in our life, who gives God the praise for the changes? Who gives God the praise for what he's done? And so Paul is saying, hey, when you make resolutions, don't make your resolutions godlessly. A godless resolution means that you are, are, are depending on yourself. You're not depending on God to accomplish that in you. You're just saying, I'm going to do this on my own. 
And this is where Paul is saying, no, we are to depend on God's power for the fulfillment of these resolutions. And that we give God the glory when these resolutions are fulfilled or when there's progress in those resolutions. So the question for you is, what are you longing for? Are you longing for the good life? Or are you longing to see God glorified in your life? Like, what's that deep longing of your heart? Are you, because if you're longing to see God glorified, then you will seek God's power to fulfill those resolutions. And when those resolutions are fulfilled or there's progress, you can then give God the praise because that's your deepest desire. And this is why I think God's word is so, so beautiful and so fitting. Because we think, sometimes we think, well, God's word, sometimes I don't understand it. Sometimes it's hard to understand. But listen, God's word speaks directly to issues of our day, to things that we wrestle with, things that we want to learn and know about. And as we start thinking about resolutions and goals, listen, God wants to help us accomplish our resolutions, our goals. He wants us to help us to, to make decisions that reflect him in our life. And his power is available to us to become worthy of our calling. That we can live uh, rightly before God. And that God wants to help us accomplish those resolutions and those decisions that, that ultimately give God the glory for our life. That, that praise his name, his powerful name. So here's, I guess here, here's the thing you have to wrestle with today. All right? As you, as you think about your life, and I want you to be honest here. What are some areas of your life that prove unworthy of a call of God? What are some things in your life, in your heart, in your relationships, in your workplace? What are some things that are going on in your life that prove that you are unworthy of the call of God? Maybe this is a bad habit. Maybe these are excuses. Maybe this is an attitude. Maybe this is an arrogance. Man, why don't you make a decision this year to change that? Make a decision. Hey, I'm not going to allow this attitude to continue. I'm going to uh, take it captive and, and, and allow God to transform me. In fact, I think about, I think about personally, sometimes, and I don't know if anybody else deals with this, sometimes I have a hard time believing in myself. Sometimes I allow depression to sink in, and I, and I begin to think, man, maybe, maybe I'm not as good as I wish I was. Like maybe, like maybe I'm not that good of a husband. Maybe I'm not that good of a father. Maybe I'm not that good of a, of a pastor. And I begin to look at all these areas of my life and, and I kind of feel like, man, I'm just not very good. I, I suck. And I start looking around and I, and I can understand theologically, I can understand theologically how God feels about me. Like I know theologically, I know the Bible says God loves me. That God shows me, that God has called me, that God has equipped me to, to be the places that he's placed me. Like, I understand that. But sometimes, I just have a hard time believing it. And I look at the world's standards, and I look at myself, and I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm not doing all that I think I should be. Man, I just, I suck. And I remember I had to make a decision a couple years ago. I had to make a decision that I'm going to find myself, I'm going to force myself to be in God's word. To be in God's word daily. Sometimes to be in God's word multiple times throughout a day. Because I wanted to remember how God felt about me. I wanted to say, hey, I don't care what the world feels about me. I want to know and be reminded and be reminded again and again, again. How does God feel about me? So I'd open up God's word. 
Be reminded, hey, God chose me. Hey, God loves me. Hey, God gave his son to sacrifice on the cross on my behalf. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of grace that God has extended towards me. Listen, maybe, maybe that's for you this year. Maybe you need to stop seeing yourself according to the world's standards. Maybe you need to stop looking at Instagram to see how many likes you get on Instagram. And maybe you just need to say, hey, how does God feel about me? Maybe you need to allow that to, to change your heart this year, to change your life this year. Now, maybe some of us in here, maybe instead of looking to say, what, what do we need to fix in our life? Let me ask you this. When you're looking at your life, how could you bring God glory this year? How could your life bring glory to God? What are the things that you could do that would give honor and praise to him that others would be able to see your life and see God through you. This might be a decision. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give of myself. I'm just going to give freely of my resources, of my time, of my home, maybe, and stop focusing so much on me and begin to focus on other people. Maybe this means you're going to be vocal about your faith. Man, I think we could all come up with a list of people that we'd love to see in church. People around us. People that we consider friends. Man, I think about myself. I think about how many people I have. Man, I care about these people. Shouldn't I care more about their faith than anything else? Like, shouldn't getting them to church be like the most important thing I could do for them? Maybe, maybe for you this means you're going to get involved in, in, in serving the community, serving in the church. As a way to give glory and praise and honor to God. Allow people to see God working in you. Maybe, maybe you understand that God is a God of redemption. And maybe this year you make a decision. Hey, I'm going to allow God to redeem a broken relationship. A broken relationship with somebody around me. So that there could be redemption. Not redemption because uh, I'm so great, but redemption because of what God has done. These are all ways that we can uh, make a decision to give glory to God. What does that look like for you this year? What is a way that you could give glory to God this year? So as you consider 2017, I want you to think about, hey, what are those resolutions you need to make this year? What are the decisions you need to make this year? You begin to think about those resolutions. There's, there's a couple ways, a couple keys to accomplishing those resolutions. This is just real practical right here. Couple ways to accomplish those resolutions. The first thing to do to accomplish a resolution is you've got to write it down. You've got to write your resolutions down. Use the back of your worship folder today. Write those resolutions down. Think about it. In fact, there's statistics that show that you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals just by writing them down. If that's all you do, you are 42% more likely to accomplish that goal. To accomplish that resolution just by writing it down. It's a simple thing. But it has this, this, this mental block that, that accomplishes something within you to write it down. Second thing to do to accomplish your resolutions and your goals this year. Is to share it with other people. To provide some accountability for yourself. In fact, there's a story about a gal named uh, Jean. Jean was an overweight child. Grew up through high school. Was overweight. Uh, she tried all sorts of diets, but even into her adulthood, in her 20s and 30s, she just kept getting larger. And, and it couldn't seem to get control of this. 
And so she, she decided in 1961, at the age of 38, she decided to join a, a New York City um, Department of Health-sponsored weight loss program. And so she joined this weight loss program with, I don't know how many people in New York City, and she lost 20 pounds in 10 weeks. And after that 10 weeks, her resolve started to, lose, to loosen a little bit. Isn't that what happens with us? We get excited for a short term, and then we begin to slack off and lose some of that motivation. So she, she tried to get her friends to go with her. Hey, they're doing these meetings at, down at the Department of Health. Would you come downtown with me? None of her friends wanted to go downtown with her. So what she decided to do was to uh, bring the science of the program to her friends in their living room. And said, hey, friends, let's do this together. Let's lose weight together. And so she convinced her friends to this very simple idea. If we're going to lose weight, it's going to require that we have a proper diet and that we have peer support. These are the two things we've got to do. If we're going to lose weight, we've got to have a proper diet and we've got to have peer support. So she had these weekly meetings in in her living room where she invited her friends and they they did a weight check-in and they uh, provided some accountability, some some honest and supportive feedback one to another, conversation about struggles and setbacks and victories. And eventually, Jean lost 72 pounds. And after she saw that success, she rented some office space, leading groups all over New York City. And what came out of that living room, what came out of this decision to provide accountability was what we know, now know as Weight Watchers, a program that has uh, literally in the past 50 years saved millions of lives of weight loss because there's this simple idea, we need accountability. We need support. We need to share our goals and our desires with one another. And so as we begin thinking about, as you begin thinking about your resolutions this year, just a fun way to do this. Uh, we've got a, a website, we've got an email address, resolutions at restorationyakima.com. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Okay, you may not want to share your resolution with anybody else, but here's a very simple thing. Would you just take your resolution, whatever it is this year, and email it to this address? And I'll tell you what we're going to do. Our elders are going to take this a couple times throughout the year and pray for these resolutions. Pray for the ability to accomplish these resolutions. Very simple thing. Just as a way to say, hey, there's some accountability. I know there's people praying for me, people that want to help me see this accomplished. So just this week, take whatever resolution it is and email it to resolutions at restorationyakima.com and let us join in praying with you over that. Third key to accomplishing your resolutions is to take intentional steps. And this is, this is again, one of those practical things. You look at whatever that goal is, you, you have to brainstorm, what are ways to actually accomplish this? If you want to lose weight, if I want to lose weight, one of the things I have to do is stop drinking white chocolate mochas. They're so good, but I can't drink them all the time because they just, they work against what I want. And so you have to begin to take some intentional steps, ways to accomplish this. And then the other thing you have to do with that intentional step is you have to review it. You've got to review that goal on a regular basis. Or you'll be like me where you'll write them down and feel really good about it. And the next year you'll remember, oh yeah, I forgot about that resolution I made last year that I haven't thought about since then because I haven't reminded or reviewed it. Simple ways to accomplish these resolutions. As you've got to write it down, you've got to get some accountability and share it with others. And you've got to take intentional steps to accomplish them. And just as we come to a close on this, uh, today, this idea about resolutions, 
Uh, I want to just encourage you and provide you a couple of resources to help you accomplish this. In the lobby today, uh, there's something called a dream guide. This is a dream guide that was put together, I believe, by Jenny Allen. Um, I think we've got a picture of the, the dream guide. Uh, my wife and I did this a couple years ago. Uh, maybe we've done it once or twice or a couple times, but once. We've done it once. We've done it once. Uh, we've thought about doing it more than once. But a very simple dream guide um, where you're able to, to just process through and journal through some areas looking back at this past year, areas that God has worked, areas you've grown. And be able to look towards 2017 and say, man, how could I grow in some of these areas? What are some of the dreams? And you have this opportunity to, to, to go through these worksheets. And out of those worksheets become a couple of resolutions, a couple of goals. Allow you to make a couple of decisions of this is what I want to accomplish this upcoming year. We've got a couple copies of that. I'd encourage you, grab one of those on your way out today. Take that this week. Do it with your spouse. Do it with somebody else. And just... Go through and set some of those resolutions. Another, another uh, resource I'd provide you is consider doing a word of the year. And I don't know if you've ever seen this before, um, but consider doing a, a word of the year. And this is, this is what happens is, is you choose a word that's applicable to you. And so maybe for you, maybe you, you, you're a person who deals with anxiety and, and stress and you feel like this is, this is a constant in my life. And so maybe for you, the word for the year is going to be joy or peace. And what happens is you choose that word of the year and maybe you, 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 you put that all over your house. You put that all over uh, your car, whatever it is. And when you begin to have those, those, those times of worry and doubt, you come back to the word joy. As a reminder, I'm going to choose joy. And I'm going to find a way to find joy and peace in the midst of this. Maybe, maybe for you, maybe you're, 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 you, you feel afraid. You feel, you feel uh, fearful. So maybe for you, the, the word this year is, is fearless or confident. Maybe, maybe you've got a toddler at home, or maybe you're married and have a husband. And maybe the word for you this year should be patience and grace and love. And whatever it is, you look at what apl- applies to your life, and, and it becomes a powerful and simple reminder for you this year. Hey, I'm going to choose this word. I want this word to be reflected in my life. I'm going to choose joy. And so the whole idea of this today is as a church, we want to see you grow in godliness this year. We want to see you make decisions to become more like Christ, for Christ to work in you and through you. So I would just encourage you, as you look at 2017, take some time. Take some time just before God. Say, God, what, it is, what is it that you would like me to accomplish this year? What is it, God, that I need to work on? That I need to change so that I would be worthy of your call. What is it this year that I need to do that would give glory to your name? Take that time. Make a decision. Make a resolution. Set a goal. Let's allow God to work in our midst. Amen? Let's pray. God, just thank you for this time together. Thank you for just your grace in us. God, thank you that uh, each of us have been called by you to be a, a son and daughter of God. God, not because we're so worthy, not because we're so awesome, but God, because of your grace, that you looked down on us and you said, I love you. God, maybe that's what it is we need to hear today. Just a reminder, just to know, listen, God loves you. doesn't matter what your 2016 looked like. I don't care how broken it was. God loves you.
Maybe for you, maybe 2016 was a great year. You begin to think, man, I don't need God. Listen, God loves you in that. And God is, is calling us into a relationship with him. And it is a privilege and honor. As we begin to think about 2017, because of that grace and love, man, what are some of the areas that we should change in our life that ref- reflect that call? Reflect that we are worthy of that call. You're honoring the God who who saves us. You get to think about our own lives. What are some ways that we can give glory to God? Proclaim his name and his power throughout the people around us. They'd be able to see who he is, kind of God he is. And as a as a church family, what if we had just allowed God to work through us this year? To continue to change us to become more like him. That God, there would be something different about our church. There would be something different about every one of us. That God, you would use that to grow us, to stretch us, to build us. God, I just pray for every one of us as we wrestle with this idea of resolutions. God, I pray that we would make a decision today. To change some things this year. To do some things different. And we would give honor and glory to you. God, I just pray for every one of us that you would help us to accomplish that. Speak to us. God, we love you and praise you and thank you for meeting us here now. We ask this in your holy and precious name.